a salad a day will keep the doctor away. So um, that's actually one of the principles of a nutritarian diet is have have your um, at least a salad a day. You're getting a raw leafy green. That's what it's best to what counts. Welcome, badass athletes. This is Coach Shangri-La. We are here again for another live show. And this time, we're going to be talking about something very interesting, actually. We're going to talk about how to use the nutritarian vegan diet as a strong athlete. And today, we have an opportunity to have Yvonne Blaskis, plant-based personal trainer, nutrition expert, he is a former pro physique athlete. In fact, he has 14 years of bodybuilding competition experience. Wow, that's a lot. And most importantly, he's also a triathlete. He is a researcher. He has a bachelor's and master's degree in exercise physiology. He actually even wrote four research publications in exercise science. And he is vegan for eight years now. Let's welcome Yvonne Blaskis. Welcome Yvonne. How are you? We are so happy great. to have you. Oh man, that was like a stellar introduction. I was epic. I wouldn't expect anything less though. So I really appreciate it, Shangri-La. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. I mean, a lot of my athletes have been like asking me about vegan diet or, you know, hey coach, I am a triathlete. I want to do endurance, but how, what kind of vegan, how can I have vegan, you know? And, uh, you know, my experience as a, uh, as a triathlete, I have, I had vegan months. <laughs> it didn't last. Yes. So I'm not, everyone, I'm not a vegan, but I am a triathlete. And so, you know, but let me, let me tell you how I, I actually met Yvonne. Uh, it was back in 2016. When I was training for the Red Bull Trans-Siberian Extreme, I said, I need to know more about what kind of, what am I going to eat? And, you know, uh, Yvonne was one of them. And because I was interested about vegan diet at the time, and also because I was interested of actually lifting weights more. That was actually the start when I started lifting weights on top of triathlon. So without further ado, Yvonne. Let me ask you, so we are going to be talking about nutritarian vegan diet. I mean, when I met you, that was actually the first time I heard of nutritarian. How about for those who are actually tuning in, uh, you know, let, let's understand what is nutritarian. So it's basically like a, um, a vegan diet that is nutrient dense. Okay. Where um, you get the most nutrient bang for the calorie buck. In other words... Mm rather than a white potato, you choose a sweet potato, or rather than a sweet potato, you choose a purple sweet potato. Wow. So you're eating foods that have, that are packed with nutrients. And um, that's essentially it right there. Um, it kind of almost eliminates the junk food vegan caveat that comes with uh, veganism, but you can certainly still have the junk foods. Like for instance, you can have like donuts, but it could be like perhaps um, flourless donuts made of maybe pur purple sweet potato, wow. um, milled purple sweet potato or something like that. And you can have a coconut, um, glazing on top or something like that. So it's, it's trying to make the food nutritious as well as delicious. So much more of whatever, you know, like the good nutrition already, it becomes much mm -hmm. better because it's just yes. dense. And what I like about it is like, 
it sounds good too. <laughs> like sweet potato donut. I don't think I've ever had that. I mean, I, I, I have videos where I've eaten pizza, taco. You can have like, um, I haven't tried it yet, but if I were to, if I were so interested in trying, I would get like um, blue corn taco shell. So it's okay. got like some, some, it's got some um, antioxidants, plus anthocyanins from the purple corn. So now you're punching up the nutrition of what's usually just overlooked as like a carb. It's carbs plus some antioxidants. Then you probably could have some sort of jackfruit meat or something. And I mean, you could really make it taste delicious. I've had hamburgers, fries, um, I even had an egg, um, mung bean eggs. So, I mean, all the traditional classic junk foods, you can uh, make them nutritarian. It takes wow. a little creativity. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Um, so now I asked you about nutritarian. I know a lot of people already know vegan, but just for the other people who's actually kind of confused between vegetarian and vegan, is there, what is vegan diet? So vegan is 0% animal products. Gotcha. Uh, vegetarian could be, um, there's different kinds of vegetarian. I think there's lacto-avo, which is just, um, the only animal products would be dairy and eggs. Hmm. Um, there's, there's a pescatarian, which is, I think just fish. Yeah. And so there's different versions of it. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, I mean, let me ask you, I know you said eight years of being vegan. So mm -hmm. before being vegan, how were you eating? <laughs> so what do you was, eat? Okay. So Any I've kind of, I kind of, I've gone full circle. Um, I was actually, uh, just eating a regular healthy diet throughout my life, sure. but there were times where I tried to, when I got into bodybuilding, I tried to put on size. So uh -huh. I got into some meat and so forth. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, different things occurred. I felt like I was getting stiffer, digestive issues and whatnot. Um, and so I went plant, even blood pressure issues, uh, just unstable uh, sometimes. Okay. But I started to go vegetarian. I noticed some improvements. And then in 2012, I was still vegetarian. And then in 2013, I think I got like a stomach bug or something. Mm. And I went to the Whole Foods to get coconut yogurt instead of dairy, right? Because I was like, you know, it's soft on the stomach, sure. you know, because I usually would eat yogurt. Yeah. And then after that got better, I was like, well, let me just keep having the coconut yogurt for a little while. And then after that, I was like, well, maybe I don't really need the dairy yogurt as much as I think I did. Sure. And that was, there was that and cheese were the last two animal products to go. And, and, and particularly cheese is pretty tough to let go. And so I, once I got to that point, and then I also saw this, these bodybuilders from Australia, and um, he was 80% raw vegan, and he okay. was shredded to wow. the bone. My raw goal, vegan. my goal was to get, yes, about 80%. He still had some animal products, but I just needed some sort of uh, proof that you can get like ridiculously shredded on a plant-based diet, right? Because yeah, uh -huh. people might think the carbs could potentially um, prevent that, right? Sure. Well, this guy was was there. I mean, strided glutes, it was insane. And wow. so I, I, I went ahead and was like, that's confidence, I'm gonna try. And then I don't know if it's coincidence, but I ended up getting the leanest I've ever been in 2013 on skin folds. I was like down to like, I think 4.6% body fat, which I mean, if there was another That's test, I might've been, I might've been 9% or 8%, sure. you know, yeah. at a more stringent test, but even still, I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, I was lean. That's for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Very lean. Yeah. 
Wow. Sounds like it was more of out of curiosity. And that's how where you or how we got started with the vegan diet. Is that right, Yvonne? Yes. Yes. Okay. It was that. And health reasons. Yes, health reasons. I always knew plant-based was healthy. And then once okay. I got that, once I got the 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 got into the shape that I never thought I could get into, sure. I was hooked. You wanted it. And then everything else kind of fell into place with that. Okay. Gotcha. But that's what worked for me. Everyone yeah, has yeah. a different uh, story. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's welcome uh, Naga, Simon, Chris. If you're listening to the live video right now, hashtag live, and if you're listening to replay, hashtag replay. So far, if you're just tuning in, we have Yvonne, and we're talking about nutritarian vegan diet. So that, that's very interesting. So there's no fear at all. It's more of like, hey, let me try. And it's not like you're stick, you're sticking to it. You just wanted to try and see how it goes, right? Is that what happened? Yes, and everything just kind of started to build momentum from that point. Gotcha. Um, I started to dig into the uh, into the books and the research and the literature, and everything's just started to kind of. I mean, there was a common thread that you know doctors don't doctors. One thing I mean, there's, there's controversy in nutrition. I understand this. Sure. But one thing we can agree on is doctors tell us to eat our fruits and vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. So those are plant-based foods. And yep. those should really be kind of like the centerpiece uh, of, of, of one's diet. And so, um, I mean, it, it just kind of clicked at that point. And I just kind of continued to learn and study and, and I'm still learning and studying. So. Gotcha, gotcha. So you mentioned about you being a bodybuilder and uh, if I, got it correctly is it 14 years of bodybuilding experience yes. right Yvonne yeah. so eight years of vegan so it looks like bodybuilder first you had that different kind of diet and then you went into mm -hmm. uh, eight year vegan now and then when did mm -hmm. triathlon come into place was it after many of those bodybuilding experience yes. first? this started in 2010 we made a pact I was bodybuilding. He was doing cycling. He was doing cycling. He got a road bike. Gotcha. And I was trying to get him to bodybuild because this dude was naturally just lean and muscular. Yeah. Um, and so, but he, he didn't want to do it. You know, he was just, he, he didn't, wasn't really feeling it. And then he, he came up, he, he, he told me if you were to start riding with me, if, if you got a road bike and you start like doing rides with me, I'll compete. Oh, and <laughs> that's awesome. Literally within the next couple of weeks, I bought a road bike and then he signed up for his first competition. And that's what? how, and then that's after amazing. that, yes, uh, thank you. After that, we decided to take the uh, endurance cycling to the next level. We saw we decided, why not do a triathlon? Uh -huh, okay. And we, and we did our first triathlon. It was uh, 2010. It was called snake bite gotcha. in uh, Mor Morgan city. Okay. And then after that first race, I was hooked. Nice. I was hooked. And I also noticed that the triathlon training yeah. helped my conditioning and bodybuilding. Yeah. Um, in yeah. fact, a lot of times when I would do swims, I would get yeah. blown up. I would look like I was pumping up in the, in the weight room. My lats would just oh, get okay. all spread. Yeah. And then when I would After bike, yeah, yeah, I would feel like my legs got pumped up. And then I started seeing like it races, like a lot of triathletes have great legs, you know, from the running and the cycling, sure, they have sure. great like lats and shoulders from the swimming. They have great abs, especially the ones who are finishing at the front because that high intensity, um, you know, that high aerobic capacity, energy expenditure, they're mm -hmm. just like lean machines, you know? 
all of that just kind of came in together. And I'm like, how does this not, like, how does this not, I mean, it works for me. Triathlon well, gets me leaner. Bodybuilding makes me look jacked as a triathlete. I mean, I like it. So, um, so, well, <laughs> there are myths actually, you know, like, so the fear of triathlete, when they lift weight, they will say, I will bulk up. Okay. Or the fear of bodybuilders mm -hmm. who train for long distance triathlon, they will say, uh, I don't want to lose my muscles. So, you know, the approach uh, varies per individual, but are these two statements or these fears, are they true or does it depend on each individual that I will bulk up for triathlete and then the, you know, bodybuilders, ah, I'm going to lose muscle or is there a balance? Can you expand more on that one, Yvonne? Yes. So, it depends on the person. Um, there's anecdotal uh, observation where you will see some people get stringy by doing a lot of cardio. And then conversely, um, you know, they may lose muscle. And sure. so um, as far as bulking up and triathlon slowing you down, eh, I don't know. I think that's kind of like maybe kind of like old school coaches concerns and worries. Okay. As far as what the research shows in regards to bulking up, um, that's a simple solution. You can just uh, manipulate your program design. Mm -hmm. So for instance, you could do like maybe not as much volume, but just focus on like neuromuscular adaptation with training, improve your, your, your uh, muscle nerve connection. Right. And what it, what it does is it's been shown to improve economy. So in other words, it makes you feel lighter on your feet. When your muscles are stronger, you, you're going to feel lighter on your feet. And it also can uh, reduce injury risk. It improves your uh, tissue tolerance. So when you're running, when you have stronger leg muscles, they, they actually help to stabilize your skeletal structure better. And they just absorb, they're like shock absorbers. And when you have stronger shock absorbers and better shock absorbers, it's gonna pay off. When you're pumping out way more watts on the bike, having strong legs, strong hamstrings, calves, right? Uh, you'll be able to pull that water and move it out the way with strong lats. So. And, and all it takes is one to two days a week of spin mm -hmm. training. That's good. all it takes. Good, good, awesome. Well, I totally agree with you, Yvonne. I mean, cause when I, I don't look like I bulk up <laughs> because my, you know, right. the strength portion is that is something that we can restructure in a way that can be incorporated with the triathlon. So yeah, so to me, I, I, I agree with you, you know, with the, it's, I think it's a myth. Uh, I think it depends on how the person actually uh, reconstruct or construct the uh, the actual training. Good, awesome. So, so let me let me ask another question here that just came up. So, if you guys are just tuning in, uh, hashtag live, or if it's replay, hashtag replay. I'm gonna continue asking questions to Yvonne. So let's see. Um, so another one, another question that I got actually is that nutrition tends to change fast, which it does, or maybe it has happened already. Their nutrition, they talk about it. There's different diets. But now there's like some names already, like for example, ketogenic. Before there was no ketogenic, you know, terminology and it just came out. Then now, so, but I wanted to ask you more on the nutritarian vegan diet. Are there any, is, does it also go fast or change fast in terms of studies or what's new out there in terms of nutritarian vegan diet? Well, that's a good question. And um, it's interesting, but it's not really researched as well. Um, there's only been a few studies that have been published on it. And that's a surprise to me. Uh, but that being said, um, a lot of the foundational concepts about nutrient-dense foods, there have been studies on that, like fruits, sure. vegetables, oh, yeah. beans, nuts, and seeds. 
all these things, right? So um, I don't think much has changed in terms of, a lot's changed, I understand, but I think there's a lot of interesting aspects to that. And let me just delve into something that I wasn't planning to delve into, but I'm gonna make it brief. I do what's known as protein enhanced cardio or caloric restriction mimetic cardio. So what that is, is rather than do fasted, I actually will consume a nutritarian nutrition. So I'll have like a couple of teaspoons of wheat germ, or I will have a green tea, or I'll have kale powder. Um, I'll have plant protein powder. Also to reduce oxidative stress while you're in a semi-fasted state. And I never skip breakfast. I usually have breakfast after. Other workouts, I would do fed workouts. Like when I race, I never do fasted. I'm like carved yeah. up to the gills, like beet juice loaded carbs, tons of carbs. And I know I've carved up because I'm usually about two or three pounds heavier on race day. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm actually yeah. taking notes yeah. as you go. Thank yeah. you. Uh, you know, in your, uh, one of your websites I looked at is that you mentioned a lot about beet juice, kale powder also. The, do you have any like superfood or like, you know, because I know there's gel, right? That usually a lot of endurance outfits use, but what is a nutritarian vegan diet? Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, like in terms, let's say, you know, you have a, let's say super sprint triathlon tomorrow or triathlon tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there anything that you change in what you eat the day before? And how about the breakfast? Is there anything different than the, your usual normal day? Yes. So. Um, yes, a couple things different. Number one, I'll load up on the carbs. So okay. for me, I focus on um, moderate to low glycemic mm. carbohydrates. And particularly, I like Ezekiel raisin bread. In fact, okay. I will actually increase the amount of slices I have per day as I'm okay. getting closer to a race. Gotcha. And also like uh, boiled sweet potatoes. And um, what I do is I just put peanut butter. I actually I use PB2 powder, which is a low fat peanut butter. And I just, um, what should I call it? It's like when you reconstitute it with water, it actually looks, it actually becomes peanut butter, but it's low in fat. And I put blueberries okay. on top and I just eat it like that. Um, I beat juice load. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it is. And then so I beet juice load for like a week, a week or so. And I increase mm -hmm. it to like half a cup to probably a cup, two days before a race. Gotcha. And also, um, uh, lots of, oh, frozen purple grapes in okay. my, uh, in my soy milkshakes because they're rich in resveratrol, which has been shown to improve VO2 max and fight oxidative stress. Wow. And also like, uh, pickle juice with capers. So it's actually a nice mix. Uh, I believe they're the richest food source of quercetin, uh, say, and the pickle uh, juice is for obviously prevention of cramping. Yep. Yeah. So pickle juice. Yeah. And then in terms of the beaches, if I capers, capers too, capers, you yeah. said. Do you eat that? Yeah, and also, well, you, or just you know, yeah, how do so, you do it? <laughs> so, so yeah, so so the capers I add to salads, it's like a Caesar oh, okay. salad, or yeah, or sure. I'll make I will make um, edamame mung bean pasta with some vegan meatballs and throw some capers in there. Uh, I um, love mung And then before the race, I actually did it in a Sugarman video from this year. I will take it as a shot with pickle juice. But I also want to, as far as the gel that I use, I use Mirror Energy gels. They're whole yeah. food based gels. Yep. Yep. I know that so, too. They're actually in California. Yeah. <laughs> Mirror uh, gels. Good. Are you guys taking notes? Because she's giving a lot of the superfoods that would improve your VO2 max. I'm actually like typing every time. Um, you mentioned uh, beet juice and you said you double up with the load on the during the week. Yes. Does that mean that you always 
have beet juice on every single day or just when you no. have a race? Because you um, have to have it. Yes. Good, good, good question. So um, just for health reasons, I'll consume it from time to time, like half a cup. You okay. know, maybe like one week I'll have it, another week I won't. Okay. For a race, I have it. Okay. I even have it for bodybuilding shows, believe it or not. It actually is a tri-bodybuilding superfood. And let me explain to you why. Mm -hmm. And you can actually eat beets. Sure. If you don't want like the juice, you can eat the beets. Yeah. So beets allow you to get more out of every breath you take. So for instance, every time we take a breath, the body uses a certain amount of oxygen, right? And some of it gets um, lost. In other words, heat is, is generated versus energy. Mm -hmm. Beet juice has been shown to, at least in one study and a few others, to tighten that regulation to where we're getting more oxygen out of each breath and less heat being lost. So it improves our efficiency. And that's why they find that people can actually do, they actually found, I think it was a um, deep sea divers who had beet juice were able to stand the water longer. Mm -hmm. So that means you're getting more out of that breath. The other ones came up early. So it, it makes you more efficient yep. and it's good for heart health too. So it's like a double. Yep. Totally agree with you. Um, I mean, there's a lot of research uh, on the beet juice and, but other athletes, you know, they just like, oh, it's race day. I'm going to start drinking beet juice, but it does take some time to actually get the effect. Um, yes. Yes. So it can help instantly. In fact, it's almost, I think there was one study that um, talked about it being almost like it works within 30 minutes, like almost okay. like a drug, but there was mm -hmm. another study. I think it was a meta-analysis that found that chronic, like for instance, loading it a week out was okay. shown to have more of a, more, more of a bent, gotcha. more of a, um, performance enhancing effect than just short-term. So if you, if you missed out on the long-term, go ahead and have a, a habit before it's going to help right. you. But if you want to like maximize, you probably want to have it a little longer so it can yeah. build up. Got it. Um, and also I, I do know in terms of whole food and also vegan diet is pretty good in anti-inflammatory food. So in terms of like right after a race, do you do, I mean, what, what's your routine in terms of having like, what kind of food do you eat so you can recover fast? Okay. So usually that's raw garlic um, in hummus with okay. a Brazil nut, as well as a couple of spices like turmeric and black pepper. So garlic is like a superfood. It's unbelievable. It's an alien vegetable. Hmm. The benefits are just too long to get into here. But what I do is it's actually my most popular video. It's got half a million views. And I think it's just because it's kind of like, you know, raw garlic, this guy's going to eat it. Yeah. I just get whole foods hummus. Oh, come on. <laughs> and I actually have it down to science. I actually know that when you get a bulb, the bigger cloves are on the outside. And as you work your way in, the cloves yeah. get smaller. So yeah. usually when I um, eat the clove on the outside, it's half a clove, not a whole clove. And what I do is I literally cut it uh, raw because what happens is, is um, as you cut it, there's this natural chemical reaction with, um, so alanase is actually alan, mm -hmm. and then alan and then um, al alanase, the enzyme catalyzes it and becomes allicin, which is like the main uh, beneficial compound in garlic. But it's like 10 to 15 minutes, it peaks. And then after that, it starts to degrade. So eating it raw almost maximizes that antioxidant of bioavailability and absorption. And then with the hummus, you don't even notice you're eating raw garlic because it, it, it really blends in well, you know? And then with the, um, the Brazil nut, it's the richest source of selenium, which increases glutathione, which is one of the body's um, antioxidants, um, you know, um, it's part of a pathway. Nice. So it, when, when I want to speed up recovery, it's that and uh, as well as cherry juice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lots of uh, green leafies, uh, vegetables, salads. Gotcha. And just eating normally the way I would. Gotcha. Do you double up also in protein intake right after uh, triathlon or bodybuilding or same same way of how you eat yes. regularly? Yes, great question. So usually the protein increases after my weight training workouts. So gotcha. if I have a post-workout meal, it, it'll have higher protein or pre-workout higher protein to drive up protein synthesis and which is, you know, obviously correlated with muscle building. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to optimize that window during a workout, but typically it's going to be for me between one to 1.7 grams per kilogram of body weight, not pound okay. per kilogram. Yeah. And, um, protein, no, it's not a lot. It's, it's a decent amount. Um, do you know what one gram per pound is? That's like 2.2 grams per that's kg that's definitely a lot. oh okay yeah yes. yeah yeah no, that's why seven it's not so bad yeah, yeah. Uh, like no it's probably between for me that's probably between 75 to maybe 130 grams wow. per protein a day so mm -hmm. it's not 130 every day it's probably between 90 to on low days maybe 90 high days close to 130 so gotcha gotcha all right so we're actually more question here um how to okay. get vegan vitamin B12 naturally without supplement? So they're asking about vitamin B12. As far as what I know, because I'm not a doctor, so I'm just going to share what I've learned. But sure. taking a B12 just once a week as an insurance policy is kind of a safe haven to insure it. The only way to really know is to obviously have your B12 checked and to see what the level is and if it's normal. Um, nutritional yeast, particularly... Um, I think it's Bragg's nutritional yeast. It's got like 400% B12. Um, also really just taking a multivitamin semi-regularly uh, should cover it. So all those avenues should, should do it. Okay. Um, yeah. Just multivitamin. Okay. There's different ways a person can do it. Yeah. Gotcha. On the safe side and what research has shown ensures that we get enough and it's painless. It's like, it's like a pill a week. It's, it's not bad at all. Okay. For all the benefits we get, believe me, that's, that's, that's the least of my concern. Um, let me see. Okay. So another question here, um, during the triathlon, how much nutrition do you pack in your transition bags or bike shirt? And how often do you consume the nutrition during your high intensity zones? So that is the question. I guess. Okay. There's... So yeah, go ahead. Yvonne. Yes, it, it depends on the duration. So usually I don't do long races. I usually do maybe at most an hour and a half. And most people say you don't need it if it's under an hour and a half. I don't really agree with that. And there's actually some studies that have shown that even for like, for instance, there was a study that showed that consuming a gel for like a uh, 2K row, 2000 meters, which is only five minutes, boosted performance, okay? Mm -hmm. um, the more accessible and the quicker your body can use carbohydrate, which when you consume it, it's exogenous, your body can just extract it and pull it and use it versus breaking it down from stored carbs, right? Yep. So I have a gel probably um, on the bike. I actually have it before a race sometimes. I have a just squeeze half of it down, put the, put the rest of it on the bike, and probably at some, just based on how I'm pacing, I will make a decision, but I always get it in early rather than late. Because if you're late, you're late, too late. Yeah. Right. So I'd rather get it in early. And that's really all I use. I'm carved up enough to where I don't really have to go that much heavy with the fuel. Just just one or two gels for a race and that's it. Yeah. 
that. I mean, especially if you're doing a high intensity, especially on your, the way you perform, Yvonne, I mean, yeah, you would need nutrition. Other people, they're like, oh, it's short. I don't need it because <laughs> it's only one hour, one and a half. But I think it also depends on the nutrition. Totally agree with you. I just, I wanted to say that I think that it's not just glycogen sparing. I also think the, the high rate of energy expenditure and pace, I think it really yeah. helps. Even if you have full glycogen, it keeps you moving fast without um, leveling off your, your rate or your pace, at least I find. Yep, sounds good. All right, um, let me see. Any particular brands for beet supplements that you use, Yvonne? Um, I know there's Sor Phyto and Beet Elite, or can we juice, juice our own? <laughs> can make our juice our own? Do you make your own juice, Yvonne? I, I do sometimes, but what I will say is I do, um, I use either Bada or I will get, actually what I've been liking is Whole Foods. Um, they have this brand that has lemon juice with it. So it tastes really delicious. So I just get theirs. I don't know the exact the name of the company, but it might be Lakewood or something, but it's, it's at Whole Foods. Okay. All right. So if you're just tuning in right now, hashtag live, and we're, we are with Yvonne, a nutrition expert, and have a lot of experience on vegan diet or nutritarian vegan diet, just put more questions if, uh, if you have any. And if you're listening, replay, hashtag replay. I still have more questions, Yvonne. So let me see. Um, considering, <laughs> that's good, because you're helping us. All right, so now this one is... Uh, I look at one of your, actually a couple of videos in your YouTube, you did bodybuilding in a triathlon within 24 hours. Does that include yes. the dressing up and everything? If you haven't checked out uh, Yvonne's YouTube video, he has actually a lot of subscribers, but one of his YouTube video, actually, he did this one uh, only two years ago or less than yes. years ago. And this one where he competed, um, he competed both bodybuilding and then the next thing is that triathlon. Is that right, Yvonne? Do you mind yes, uh, yes. telling us the story of that and how did it go? Yes. I mean, yeah, go ahead. It went really well. Me and my friend did it in 2011. It was like basically doing what people would perceive as an oxymoron, right? <laughs> yeah, like, who does it? They kind of seem to go against each other, right? Um, yeah, so the bodybuilding show was at 9 a.m. on Saturday, and the triathlon was at 8 a.m. on Sunday. And it has to kind of work itself out to where they're kind of close. So mm -hmm. the bodybuilding show was here in Metairie, and the triathlon was um, in Jennings. And the other one was, um, I want to say, in Woolworth, I think. It's um, by Alexandria. And me and my friend drove uh, to do that one. We drove um, overnight. Not overnight, but we got there kind of late. The I-10 mm -hmm. was closed, go figure, right? The only day we need to get, get there early. Yeah. We actually submitted it to the Guinness Book of World Records. And, uh -huh. the, and the, unfortunately, they uh, they didn't accept the ticket or something because how do you top that, right? Like you do it in 23, 22, I mean, then it's just, it's not something you can really track or whatever. But um, yeah, and we did it and it was fun. Um, we enjoyed doing it. I like both modes of training. They both complement each other. They really do. Um, I understand there's um, thoughts about how they might, they might interfere. And some studies have shown that they actually interact and they actually um, can augment each other. Um, gotcha. So, wow. yeah. Well, Yvonne, 
were you did you eat a lot right after your bodybuilding before your triathlon so because you did that within 24 hours so after the bodybuilding eat a lot like right away or drink a lot of water how did you do it yeah so for the bodybuilding show i don't really do like a like a depletion per se okay um for me it's simply about getting lean enough and so the posing doesn't really deplete much glycogen I mean, it can, but a lot of shows, they don't really kind of um, have you up there too long. So, um, you know, I just, I just kept eating normal after the bodybuilding show. Um, it was, it was perfect. I didn't have to beat juice load or anything. I was doing it for the show. So it just kind of naturally carried over into the race too. Wow. So, um, <laughs> wow. That's amazing. It's actually very unique. So that's why I wanted to show it. So in terms of the training, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know if you're, uh, if you're competing right now this year, since especially with the COVID, but um, yes. how often do you train and try out, uh, you know, strength training and triathlon training? Is it the same intensity on both when you have races or do you race and at the same time go compete on the show? Or is that only one time that you, do, you did that? Okay. So there's a study by a uh... Uh, Dr. Kevin Marock is awesome. I love the title. What I do is my current training is I do weights on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's my split. And um, on Tuesday, Thursday, and on the weekend. So Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, I do my triathlon training. So currently I'm training for a um, duathlon. So right now I'm just kind of doing some bricks, you know, some bike runs and and then also running off the bike. That's critical. I've been looking into that. It's about the final run. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, that's what I do. And sometimes I'll swim after my weight training workout. So there's my swim training for triathlon. Gotcha. I saw one of your pictures also. I think it's in the, I mean, do you do some kind of like yoga or mobility workouts as well on top of your bodybuilding and your... (laughs) Yes. Um, I do a lot of, um, prehab type preventative type training. So a lot of stabilization stuff for the pelvis, the hips, low back, core, rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I do all those things probably on my Tuesday and Thursday day. Cause that's more of a cardio day. Yep. Um, sometimes I don't Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, but like I said, the way I see it is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is like weightlifting, but it's, it's doing two things. It's improving my muscle mass. It's improving my power output and my, um, it's injury prevention. Yep. And it's also improving my economy um, or efficiency of, um, of endurance training. And it's also endurance training is helping lean me out with the weight training, kind of both working together. Actually, uh, I've met some other triathlon coaches and, you know, some, some of them, they don't believe in strength and I, I'm not one of them. I do believe in strength training and it has helped me as an athlete as well. But I coach my athletes the same as like what you do, you know, like strength training is important. And at the same time, those mobility, those yoga exercises, those are really, really important. So we're on the same page, Yvonne. I'm really you're liking awesome. this one. <laughs> it's you're, needed. You're, well, I've seen your videos. I've seen your videos with your weight training. It's impressive. <laughs> I'm trying, yeah, Yvonne. And, 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 and we're trying, <laughs> it's a work really? in progress. It's a work in progress. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, all I, the accomplishments you've done. And this, <laughs> wow. Well, uh, it actually, for the rest of the others, you know, with the multi day uh, Ironman distance that I've done, the strength training does complement it. It makes us stronger and more, um, it helps with injury prevention. So, yeah. Good. Uh, let me see. Just last question here. So I know 
a lot of great really? athletes. Ah, I hope so. Oh, <laughs> I no. think there's a couple more actually. So good. good. Uh, so let me see. So a lot of triathletes that uh, that are they're very busy because I mean you know swim, bike, run, and some of them would be like have kids, have work, and then now they're training for Ironman, and some of them hmm. are so stressed out, or some of them are just having a hard time sleeping. Mm-hmm. In terms of, in your perspective, with the nutritarian vegan diet, do you have any recommendation for those athletes to help them out relax um, or sleep better, enhance the sleep quality? Yes. So um, I'm a big fan of cherry juice. The reason why is because it's actually one of the few, but also it's a rich source of melatonin. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than take melatonin, cherry juice is like a shot of melatonin. and It doesn't take a lot. And I've learned a lot about, for instance, sleep banking and sleep extension. So I like to do sleep banking. I like to, uh, you know, t- and also do naps. I was actually, mm-hmm. I would feel, feel like guilty about naps, but <laughs> I actually do them. Well, That's nice. she, she, Power naps. Well, she calls it, well, sleep is like vitamin Z and we can do it whenever we, we can. And any little bit counts. So if you sleep six hours, if you take a 20 minute nap, you have now bump that up to six hours and 20 minutes. It all adds up. It makes a difference. Over time, yeah. it'll add up. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and also getting a lot of uh, daylight early in the day, which helps mm-hmm. your body set, the, set its circadian rhythm. Um, how long is the uh, adapting period for if they change to a vegan diet usually? Or I guess that, I think that depends on the person. Like when you yes. transition to vegan, is that one week, two weeks? Three weeks yeah, so you start craving for meat. <laughs> so, so, so it depends on the per. It depends on the person. But the way I like to look at it is that, like your question earlier about vegan vegetarian, mm-hmm. I have a saying that not everyone's going to be 100% plant based, but everyone can be plant based. What that means is, you don't have to feel like you need to be vegan if that's not for you. But if you go plant based, whether it be 60% of your diet is plant based or 80% or 90, right? Um, we know that there's significant scientific agreement with plant-based nutrition and particularly fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and beans and the grain, whole grains, right? And so forth. So um, I would say just try and get into the plant slant. Um, whether you go vegan or not, that's kind of just a choice each person is going to make on their own. Um, it's great. But like I said, it's not for everyone. That's totally fine. Um, but everyone can be plant-based to some degree. So there you go. Um, Let's welcome Cherry, Mel, Cruz, Mauricio. If you guys have any other questions, Um, he has said so much already, like the superfoods. It's not really just about, you know, vegan. The the foods, the the things that he had mentioned are like superfoods because of the the nutrients that he actually has in them. Um, If they have other questions, uh, Yvonne, mm-hmm. how can they contact you? Um, Instagram, Facebook, okay. Instagram, YouTube. Facebook, YouTube. All right, good. Well, before we and end, and also, okay, um, good. yeah, yes. Well, I think one of those has my email address, so okay. you know, you end up. We'll yeah, put that it's, there too. Yeah. Okay. Clinical trainer at hotmail.com. Clinical trainer at hotmail.com. Clinical trainer at hotmail.com. Wow. Yes. Thank I thought you. there's no more hot mail. <laughs> I'm just teasing oh, wow. you. <laughs> okay. So, be in a hot mess. <laughs> so before we end, Yvonne, it's been a pleasure. But before we end, we want to pick just a tiny bit of your brain. What are the top okay. three things 
that you could advise a triathlete who maybe, you know, may want to do strength or not, but more of interested with nutritarian vegan diet? What would you advise them? Top three things. Um, focus on unprocessed whole foods and shop around the peripheral of a, of a grocery store, which is what a produce is. Um, it's simple. <laughs> a, a salad a day will keep the doctor away. So um, that's actually one of the principles of a nutritarian diet is have, have your, um, at least a salad a day. Um, mm -hmm. You're getting a raw leafy green. That's a, it's a vegetable. It counts. Um, the other thing is, um, I guess, consistency really, but also goal setting. Mm. Um, goals drive motivation. Uh, you've heard it before, but uh, it opens a whole new world in terms of your energy, your motivation, your drive, and your perspective. So, um, and it also lends itself to consistency, at least for me. Some people are intrinsically motivated, others are extrinsically. Extrinsically, I guess extrinsic would be goal setting, but intrinsic is also the process. So, right. Um, I probably digressed. And then the third would be you asked me about nutritarian diet, getting into that in triathlon. Yeah, yeah. And weightlifting, in weightlifting. Good. Okay. Weightlifting, look, you can just do bodyweight exercises. If you're uncomfortable with weights, you can do push-ups, pull-ups, bodyweight rows, crunches, planks, squats, um, split lunges, those kinds of things. Keep the weights light. But I, I would tell you that um, it doesn't take a lot. Literally once or twice a week of weight training will have a profound impact on your performance in triathlon. Um, it makes you more efficient. Uh, also will help leaning a person out to be honest with you because it's going to protect your muscle yes. so that's one last thing is that when we exercise we drive up protein burning rate mm -hmm. protein oxidation rates so protein for an endurance athlete is important and weight training is important too because weight training improves your body's ability to absorb protein and to also it also helps protect your muscle right because you're telling your body hey don't get don't get rid of this muscle for your endurance training, right. you need it for your weightlifting, which is maybe once or twice a week. It, yep. All it takes is once or twice a week. And that's what, the, that's what leads to the toning. Cause you're going to maintain your, your muscle. And it's also going to prevent your metabolism from perhaps dropping. Um, if you start to burn too much protein with endurance exercise. So weight training is very protective of muscle and our joints. Yep. Sounds Shock good. absorbers. Awesome. That's a lot of information within a short amount of time. Thank you so like much, it, Yvonne. It, it went by fast, actually. Yeah, I, I feel like it wasn't enough. But. <laughs> well, we're going to invite you again, Yvonne, <laughs> for sure. Or in, in your another bodybuilding slash uh, triathlon in 24 hours or 12 hours. I don't know what's up next. But again, welcome. Thank you so much, Yvonne. Until time, uh, I hope we have you again. All right, everyone. This was a pleasure. I'm very um, grateful. And so I, I thank you very much. You guys are great. Awesome. See you. All right. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.